Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on today's episode entitled Stop the Crap. Crap is my acronym that I coined, which means corruption, racism, abuse, politics. Stop the crap. We're going to be discussing today things that we need to start doing, both as attorneys and as citizens and people of respected places, in an effort to be able to take a stand for what we believe in and to be able to ethically and consciously move forward for progress and demand progress where progress needs to be made. In light of the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision, not simply predicated upon same-sex marriage, but the Obamacare, as well as the court's ruling pertaining to three strikes, and for the first time in almost 25 years, the court recognizing that the three strikes administ- the way the three strikes law was administrated, the three strikes and you're out. Not only was it declared unconstitutional, but there are other things that the court reminds us of that that legislation did, both from Bush administration, but particularly as it pertains with all due respect to the things that took place during the Clinton administration. Stop the crap. It's also going to be a brief discussion about what I do as an attorney and how in day-to-day actions I encounter corruption, racism, abuse, and politics. And you can be a victim of that. And a lot of times you may be a victim. It may not have to deal with your race or your gender. It may just be you having to learn how to deal with one of those four acronyms, corruption, on the bench, in law firms, the state bar, JQC, federal courts, district courts, appellate courts, state courts, superior court, magistrate courts, communities, politicians. How do you deal with that form of corruption? How do you deal with individuals to whom you know have mistreated you based upon your race and when you're expected to be quiet? And let me share this with you as an African-American female attorney. Too often times we tend, when we think of racism, we sort of put it in a box of black against white. But there are times when there are black people, people within your own race, and I'm sure the Latino community experiences the same thing, that they are more quick and more apt to work toward your demise than anyone else. And oftentimes, they're the ones that others will use to toss the stone while they hide their hands. And they allow a self-serving agenda to be manifested through the acts of these other persons so that you can't say that it's racially motivated when at all times. We'll be back, and we're going to talk about how to stop the crap, corruption, racism, abuse, politics. We'll be back. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on today's episode, Stop the Crap. Crap is my acronym that I coined, and it means corruption, racism, abuse, politics. You can put the ampersand in there for and if you so choose. That being said, let's start with the decision of the United States Supreme Court to legalize, if you will, or declare a same-sex marriage that should be legal. At the time that the Supreme Court took that case or decided to hear the writ of cert or grant it, there were already 36 states in the union that had legalized same-sex marriages. So there were only 14 remaining, many of them being the seven southern states, who consider themselves to be the Bible Belt. The reason why I tie that into this episode of Stop the Crap 
is while the Bible Belt, the seven southern states, tend to go around acting as though they monopolize or capitalize on religion and they have this hold on being a Bible Belt of godly practices and principles, one only needs to look to the history of what took place in the seven southern states when the rest of the country and the world had already moved on beyond slavery. One needs to look to what the civil rights and errors of Jim Crow did to the seven southern states and what it did to the people of the seven southern states. And so it's a form of hypocrisy to feel like you can hate people based on race or gender, ethnicity, nationality, and or religion practices, but then at the same time declare that you can only drink alcohol after a certain time on certain days and or declare that we're only going to marry man and woman and woman and man. Now, I'm the first to say I do believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman. I don't believe in moral legislation, that it should be the duty of any court to determine whether an individual should marry. However, I do believe where two individuals believe that they love each other, that a civil union is permissible. I have a concern both legally and personally and professionally about redefining marriage, but not defining love. And I think that's the difference. When I think about the dissenting opinion of Honorable Chief Justice Roberts, which he read openly in court, which he has never done before, from my knowledge in the years that he's been on the bench, is recognizing that the decision of the United States Supreme Court was not one of legislation, rather one that basically spoke to whether or not it's a right or wrong to deny these individuals the right to marry. And I think he was very interested in saying that this is not a constitutional issue, nor are we engaged in legislation. But the flip side of that is, will it be left up to individual states to undo what the Supreme Court did? Can it happen? And I say, yes, it can. And I'm going to tie that into an issue that I've been experiencing and been speaking to you all about already. The United States Supreme Court in Linder R.S. versus Richard D. and in Leakey versus Timmerman had already declared that private prosecution, that is private citizens trying to execute warrants for the arrest of others and then prosecuting them, was prohibitive. And that the court had ruled on that in 1973, 1981, and again in 2010. And so recognizing that the court had already ruled on those issues, there are several states, again, these seven southern states, who are still allowing their citizens to do that, despite what the United States Supreme Court has ruled. So I think it would be interesting to surmise whether or not states like Georgia could still prohibit same-sex marriages, and then whether it can be argued, well, you're allowing for private prosecutions when the Supreme Court said you can't. So what's the difference? Okay, allow me to talk very quickly about racism. We talk about the corruption, the racism, abuse, and politics. Let's talk about the three strikes, how the United States Supreme Court has finally recognized that the three strikes legislation is, in fact, unconstitutional, at least a great part of it. But let's look at when three strikes first was enacted in the 1980s and reinforced under Clinton's administration, President Bill Clinton's administration in the 1990s. Let's think and consider hard and fast how many lives have been adversely affected by people who were the subject of three strikes. One of the things that the court brought out is that they're constantly having to interpret and reinterpret the legislation to what defines violent offense, because it is that third violent offense or three violent offenses or three felonies. So what was happening was most jurisdictions around the country started adding felonious acts to their legislation. 
So what may once not have been a felony now became a felony and was therefore being used as part of the three strikes. So ultimately what you had was individuals who by the time they reached 21 years of age, they had already had their third strike, starting at 17 in a state like Georgia or maybe 25 in a state like New York because three strikes was not just limited, if you will, from a federal, but it also began to apply itself to states. States begin to enact legislation for three strikes. Now the question begs, in light of the Supreme Court's decision, what exactly will the states do? I'm hoping they do something. Let me tie that in when we come back. Thank you for joining me, Sherry Jefferson, on Live with Sherry, as we discuss today's episode, Stop the Crap, my acronym that I coined for Corruption, Racism, Abuse, Politics. How do we go about stopping the crap? We go about stopping the crap by being willing and able and capable of taking a stand. A person who stands for nothing will fall for anything. A person who stands for nothing will fall for anything. And a society that causes everyone to be cognizant, not of what is right and what's wrong, not be consciousness of what is right and what's wrong, but rather to learn to be politically correct. We are often forced or constrained to get along to go along just so that we can belong. We get along to go along just so that we can belong. And when we know that something is wrong, we don't tend to stand up for it. Many people choose not to do it because they might be relying on their income. Others choose not to do it because they feel that's not their fight, that's not their battle. Well, I'm always reminded I don't have the same battles as other people have. I'm not a married woman with children, so I don't have to stand up for juvenile justice and reform, right? I don't have children in school. I don't have to be concerned about property or school taxes, but I do because I choose to stand up for something so that I don't fall for anything so that the person who doesn't have the voice he or she has someone to speak for them because he who speaks and is heard can bring about change. He who doesn't speak is already dead. You're no better than that person in the casket or that individual who's buried or cremated if you're not willing to speak and bring about change. And so when I do that, I am often faced with problems. I had a judge in Houston County, Georgia, I am the first African-American female-owned and operated law firm down there, and that has come with a price. It came with a price because there were many white judges who did not want me there. There were two African-American female judges who are attorneys, excuse me, who were employees and had the employee-servant mentality so that when I came with the decision that I'm going to own and operate my own law firm and I'm not going to be an employee, I was met with a lot of obstacles of corruption, racism, abuse, and politics, and any other acronym that is befitting those terms. I had a judge, William Self, who tried to hold me in criminal contempt. He sent me email communications, as did my white male colleague on the very same case. When I responded using the same mode of communication, I was threatened with criminal contempt and to face 30 days incarceration. And then, fast forward, I took on a child custody case for someone that I knew and went to the state bar of Georgia and asked their ethics division whether or not it would be permissible to proceed with legal representation to know what the circumstances were, very open and candid. 
and received the responsive email communication, clearly advising that Rule 1.7 and 3.3 and all these other foolish dimensions were not implicated. And so disseminated those communications to Judge Catherine Lumsden on the Superior Court, as well as the guardian ad litem and opposing counsel in that case, and the client by email, by fax, by certified mail with return receipt, and by filings. And then nine months later, I'm hit with a bar complaint, one that was purposefully and intentionally intended to defame my character, to interfere with my trade business and profession, and to question my integrity and my dignity as a human being. And then when that bar complaint was to be the subject of a review by the then investigative panel, because they change panels and chairs every two years, their terms expire, the individual who was chairing the committee at that time didn't even take the time to review the documentation. And immediately that case went before our Supreme Court with an illegal, unlawful, unethical ruling of a probable cause. And it would be five years that the state bar of Georgia and this judge thought to prosecute this matter, violating every principle, every document, every rule that the state bar of Georgia claimed that they were to follow every rule that they claim that we're to follow, 90 days for this, 60 days for that, statute of limitation ends after four years. Every single rule that they expect us to follow, they did not. And five years later, the case finally was dismissed. I had filed a motion to dismiss. And so had I not stood for something in the course of those five years, I would have been wrongfully accused. Well, you would think they thought that that was enough to get this little colored girl packed up and gone, but that didn't happen because there's a new Sherry Jefferson in town. See, the woman that you hear now is a person who feels like if you take my license, State Bar of Georgia, you could have it because that doesn't define who I am. And because I know I stand for righteousness and because I know what I do is right and the way that many of you are operating in the Office of General Counsel has been wrong has been contrary, has been contradictory to your own policies and procedures, and the very essence of the idea you try to praise the civil rights movement when the type of lawyers needed then are the ones that are moving forward now who you're subjecting to unnecessary disciplinary measures and plenary measures, all at the hands and the bequest of silencing us as the critics of wrongfulness, We'll be back. Kifa Holden, this is Sherry Jefferson, and I thank you for joining me for today's episode, Stop the Crop, Corruption, Racism, Abuse, and Politics. And at the break, I said, this is the new person that you're hearing, but not new in the sense of new New innocence has evolved because, see, once you've taken a license and you've played with it like a carrot for five years and you've engaged in corruption and you've done that and made these accusations based on a white female judge asserting that I somehow violated some ethical guidelines that everyone knew I did not, that's racism. And then you hold that license for five years ago. You say, we didn't discipline you. No, you didn't, but you held the license and therefore I did not have the full enjoyment and use of the license, that's abuse. 
And then you play politics with the judge. Well, we can't basically tell this white female judge that she's wrong for accusing this little colored girl. And we don't want to tell the colored girl that she's right, even though we know what the judge did to her was wrong. So we'll play politics. We'll just hold it. And we won't do anything. And then five years later, after engaging in such crap, corruption, racism, abuse, politics, here we go again. Time. You got a white male judge, Robert Turner, magistrate court. And then you've got a black female attorney, Sharice Shield Ages, who went forward with a bar complaint, raising false accusations as though Sherry Jefferson is going to jump running high. Sherry Jefferson's not running, she's not jumping, and she's not hiding. But I get it because when I researched this attorney and learned that she had a police citizen encounter in Cook County, Illinois, in Chicago, and according to the Chicago Tribune, was handcuffed in the courthouse by some white deputies who believed that she was engaged in belligerent activities and criminal actions, and therefore they handcuffed her, and she commenced with litigation. You would think when you're interacting with an African-American female attorney on that wise that she would get it. But no, you came from the north to the south, and you brought that same mentality with you. See, in that case, she and the president of the then state bar of Illinois, Cook County Division, allege racism, that the deputies abused them because of the color of their skin. So then what's your excuse now? Really? See, I want y'all to understand. You could take Sherry Jefferson's license. It don't change who Sherry Jefferson is. The food you eat ain't going to make me fat or skinny. I just need you to understand that. If for five years you did it and I'm still standing, you could take it another three. You could do whatever it is you choose to do. You not, guys need to get that and understand that because I'm not going nowhere. My office will still be there. I'll keep paying on it. You could disbar me. The office will still be there. I'll be using it for consultant. It's not going to go nowhere because I know then, just like now, I've done nothing wrong. So I will be standing, and I will be able to defeat this because I know I've done nothing wrong. I did what a client required and requested of me to do. If you're displeased with it, or if your client is displeased with it, or your client won't accept the reality of her own outcomes, which are photos that she published, took, and sent, and made available, then no one else would have been able to get them. Enough said. You can't allege defamation of character for something that you willingly did. That's not defamation of character. No, indeed, it is not. Photographs speak for themselves. So filing bar complaints. It's never going to change the end results. The bar could take my license today. It's not the reality for you or your client or anyone else for that matter. Corruption, racism, abuse, politics. When do we learn to take a stand and stop the crap? Well, if you choose to go through life and stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Everybody has a cross that he or she must take up and bear. Everybody must be willing to do it. But the Book of Romans teaches that few are called and very few are chosen. So you got a small segment of those who are called, and then you have even a smaller section that those who are chosen. Not everybody's chosen because not everybody has the skill set to withstand the battle. And the battle isn't given to the swift, but to those who can endure to the end. And it's not always an intellectual battle that one has to endure. 
It's being willing, capable, and able to take a stand, take the abuses, and still look back over your shoulder and say, do you have some more to come? That is why people like Malcolm X, Gandhi, the Martin Luther King, Marcus Garvey, and a host of others, even many to whom we may not choose to respect or to appreciate their thought processes, and this is particularly true for my Jewish brethren, when we think of the Holocaust, we think of this most egregious act, but the Germans thought it was the right thing to do at the right time. And we know it's wrong, but they stood for what they believed in, right, wrong, or indifferent. And there were consequences then and now, and we must be willing to pay the consequences. It is the same thing. Whether you choose to live in a socialist society, a federalism, a, a country that operates through federalism, you have to choose to take a stand for what it is you're going to believe in. Not everybody's going to have the approach of a Gandhi and a Dr. Martin Luther King. No more than everybody should have the approach in the operations of a Malcolm X. There are many in this generation today that choose to march and to protest, while others would choose to take to the streets of Ferguson and burn it down, because that's what they believe for where they are at that point in time, right, wrong, or indifferent. People are evaluating the crap that they have to endure all day, every day. And for me, Sherry Jefferson, I have a no-bars approach, a no-bars approach. I'm from the bricks, not from the sticks. We don't burn. And I'm going to stand. And I suggest to any and everybody out there, we didn't go to law school for people to be able to use our degrees and our licenses like a carrot where we run and duck and hide. From what? For who? Your license doesn't dictate who you are. They could take everything from you, but they'll never take what you learned. That's brain power. That's something you'll always be able to use, whether they let you use it here or in another capacity. But on this day, I say to you, the State Bar of Georgia, to my listening audience, I'm like P. Diddy. I ain't going nowhere. And in the words of Nas, you can hate me now, but I won't stop now. You can hate me now, but I won't stop now. And if the president of the State Bar of Georgia could cite T.I. in the State Bar's journal two years ago, I could cite P. Diddy and Nas. Yes, I can. You stand for what you believe in, lawyer. You didn't go to school to be nobody's puppet, to be somebody on a string that only deals with the law based on what their interpretation of the law is. You stand so that you're able to bring about changes because a lot of us don't have it in us to do it. There are a lot of people who have the historical HBCU mentality of how about choosing us mentality, that they're just happy to have their foot in the door. Sherry Jefferson's not. It's not about having a foot in the door. It's about being able to bring about progress and be about change. So if the state of Georgia has five laws on their book that are constitutionally invalid or unconstitutionally vague, we have a duty to change it and to fight it by any means necessary. And when one judge says this is wrong, do it again. And another judge says come back, do it again. Because we all know how the district court operates when they don't want to hear something and they don't want anybody reviewing it whether it's an Article Three judge or not. Somebody's going to engage in crap, corruption, racism, abuse of politics, 
because somebody don't want that case to go forward. So how do you stop threatening her license? But I'm proceeding pro se, so you can take the license. The license don't have nothing to do with Enri Sherry Jefferson. The license don't have anything to do with proceeding pro se. So all of this failure to state a claim for which relief can be granted, a Rule 12B motion is always going to be filed in the district court when they don't want to bring about a change. But I'm in a state where I do honor and respect my governor because Nathan Dill has said it best. He is about reform. So how are we going to reform this criminal justice system and set aside this crap? We're going to do it by recognizing that we got five criminal statutes under Title 17 and Title 16 that needs to be amended, repealed, and or abolished. And to tie that into how we started this show, if the Supreme Court ruled in Linda R.S. versus Richard D. and Leak and in Siegel, 73, 1981, and 2010, that citizens do not possess or have a justifiable interest or judicial cognizant interest in prosecution or non-prosecution, that it is vested with the government, then that's what we need to recognize. And if the Supreme Court said it, And as much as we need to honor and respect their decision as it pertains to same-sex marriages and Obamacare, the Affordable Health Care Act, and the new way that we're caused to recognize three strikes and what that's going to mean for all those individuals who who fell and were subject to three strikes legislation, why let it get to that place before you're willing to make a change? Why think you're going to wave a carrot and remind me that I read your federal court case, and therefore I need to consider that with this grievance. By all means, do it. This is Sherry Jefferson. Take the license. Do whatever it is you feel you need to do with it for whatever length of time you think you need to have it. It's not going to change who I am. I've made more money outside of being an attorney than being an attorney has ever given me. It don't make me fat or skinny. It has nothing to do with the fact I have no mortgage or no car note. has nothing to do with that. I could be broke, busted, and disgusted, or can be rich and celebratory and enjoying life. It's not going to be predicated upon whether somebody calls me Attorney Sherry Jefferson or not. So all you haters, let me be your educator. Let me remind you that if you're being defined by kind of designator you have behind your name, then you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You're just going through the motions. I'm not defined by JD. I'm not defined by Esquire or Attorney Sherry Jefferson. I'm defined by being able to go to sleep every night and know to know the will of God, to do the will of God, and to represent God. That's all I need to live for. And none of that other stuff is going to matter. None of it is going to matter. We'll be back. Close this episode of Stop the Crap. I can only hope and pray to whoever God you people pray to that one day you recognize who you are and whose you are. And when you get it, then you will understand the passion in which I can speak. I am not defined by a law degree. I have never been defined by my law degree. And I will not allow Sharif, Shill Ages, Miss Bettina LaWanda Moore, the State Bar of Georgia, or anybody else, including Matt.
Magistrate Judge Robert Turner to define who I am. It's never going to happen. I am not under any circumstances going to allow any of you to put me in a stead or a place where I'm afraid to live, where I'm afraid to be who I've been called to be. You want the license? Come get it. Come get it. And if the Supreme Court say you can have it, then you can have it. In the meantime and in between time, leave me alone. There are attorneys out there commingling funds, robbing and stealing. You don't want them. You get your little colored folks to toss the stone and hide their hands. Well, let them keep hiding because I see you. And I know very few people could be me on this entire planet. So I stand for something so that I don't fall for anything. Be blessed and be encouraged.